Previously on the Black and Blue Report. Well, there aren't many new Pelicans on the roster, but one of them is Kendrick Perkins as he makes his way into uh, New Orleans, and I think he's ready to go. He's already in town for voluntary workouts, and he joins us for the first time on the Black and Blue Report. I mean, I've been around him only for a few days so far, but I'm just saying as far as his personality and his game, you look at his body and stuff and the way he plays basketball, he got a lot of Kevin Garnett in him. And then his personality outside of basketball, he have a lot of Kevin Durant in him. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. Here we go. The podcast for the Saints and Pelicans fans is up and running. This is the Black and Blue Report. I'm Sean Kelly, and greetings again from Studio B on Airline Drive in New Orleans at the headquarters of the uh, Saints and the Pelicans. What a... <laughs> Thursday's usually one of my most favorite days with regard to the Black and Blue Report, and uh, this Thursday is, wow, um, a lot. There's a ton of stuff going on. I hope you're, hope you're having a great start to your day because I am here with a stack of news to pass along to you today, some of which you may have already heard by the time you take in our podcast today. Some of this might be a little new to you, and that's, uh, and that's exciting. And It's always great when the voice of the Saints is with us on Thursday, and that'll be the case today. As well, let's get to some of the news of the day, though. First, um, on the Pelican side, there are two um, large news items that have come out uh, here this morning, and uh, that will continue throughout the day. Uh, first of all, there's a new uh, radio agreement in place, and I guess I guess I'm being biased by putting this at the top of the stack, but uh, the Pelicans are pleased uh, to announce today with iHeart Radio New Orleans uh, a new broadcast agreement which uh, now finds all Pelicans games, home and away, preseason, regular season, postseason, all of which will air now on 99.5 FM. Uh, That's, of course, WRNO in New Orleans. That'll be the new flagship for the Pelicans radio network. Uh, And this new deal uh, has us going back to our extended pregame show. So, for example, if a game is scheduled to start at 7 at Smoothie King Center, we're on the air at 6.30. Uh, and then, of course, we'll have an extended post-game show in response to many of you asking for the opportunity to hear more from Daniel Salerson with regard to the stats of the game, the highlights, the NBA scoreboard, but probably most importantly, a chance during that extended post-game show now for you all to participate. We're going to go back to what we uh, once had several years ago, which is a chance for you to interact to, with us via social media and on the telephone. So we'll have plenty of post-game reaction as a part of our new agreement as well. We're very excited about it. I know iHeartRadio um, is is as well, and I think that you're going to find this to be a very good spot for the Pelicans for some years to come here. So congratulations to uh, iHeartRadio, uh, to the Pelicans too. We're excited. And our first broadcast, by the way, is Saturday, October 3rd. That's preseason game number one between the Pelicans and the Indiana Pacers. So that'll be great. John DeShazer's back as my uh, partner, as my analyst. And uh, when John has his duties uh, with the New Orleans Saints, uh, Victor Howell returns for his second season working as an analyst on the um, Pelicans radio network as well. So that news was released this morning. Uh, The other big news of the day for the Pelicans uh, will not be public until 1 p.m., this afternoon, 1 p.m. It's a pretty special deal. I think I think some folks have an idea of what's going on, but uh, the uh, the full announcement, the the uh, visuals, everything will come your way at one central time, 
Pelicans.com is going to stream the event live. So um, if you catch our podcast before 1 o'clock, obviously you're queued up and ready. If you're catching our podcast today after 1 o'clock, there will be plenty on Pelicans.com with regard to the announcement, pictures, the whole nine yards. Um, I think it's just another thing that, you know, intrinsically ties this team into this community, and it's going to be fantastic. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, several of your favorite players are involved in this announcement as well this afternoon. And, of course, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Tom Benson uh, will be in attendance today for that. So that big news on the Pelicans front. That's what kind of gets us started here today. On the football side of things, we learned uh, about the list for the Hall of Fame. Where I think we're at the semifinalist stage now. And lo and behold, there are two former Saints kickers on that list. Morton Anderson, of course, he was on the list last year, did not make it. But Morton, who will be inducted into the Saints Ring of Honor this fall, is back on the list again. And now John Carney is on that list uh, this year. So two former Saints kickers. You know, remember, we just we just got a punter into the Pro Football Hall of Fame uh, with Ray Guy. Um, but yet we still, we still need to have a place-kicking presence uh, in the Hall of Fame. And I'm hoping, well, it would be great if both guys, but uh, I think Anderson would be considered first. And then John Carney. So cross your fingers, uh, and we'll track that one as we go. So that's the uh, announcement on the football side. Meanwhile, also on the football side, it's Thursday. We're closer to our home game here with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Doug Tatum's going to be on the show tomorrow uh, and take us through all the great features now on the Saints app to be used when you're in attendance at Saints home games. Uh, It's going to become a a great tool for you, and I think that's the best word for it, a great tool for you to navigate uh, a home game day at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Head coach Sean Payton has already uh, spoken with the media today. He did so this morning via conference call, and one of the things that he talked about uh, was C.J. Spiller. Uh, If you watched yesterday's New Orleans Saints afternoon wrap with John DeShazer and myself, you learned that C.J. Spiller practiced limited yesterday Um, and that's a step in the right direction and those steps may get faster as this week progresses I don't want to stand here and say that he's going to play this Sunday against Tampa Bay but um, this now at least opens the door makes this a a possibility with him being listed differently on the injury report now Spiller's been out for some time obviously but did get a chunk of training camp in at the start while the team was in West Virginia Peyton, during his conference call this morning, addressed the fact that Spiller and a couple others um, may be more up to speed than you think because of what transpired back in August. Well, I, yeah, I felt, I felt like, you know, when you look at C.J. and Ellerby and uh, a few of these guys, they got training camps, you know, work. So I, he's up to speed. I mean, uh, I, I it's, it'll be a little different transition as we go through with Jarris compared to um, Keenan or, or Spiller, for that matter. Coach also talked about the fact that we're home this weekend. He's obviously excited about being back at home, but I think he's more excited at the chance of getting back to winning ways at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Well, I, I think, look, there, it probably encompasses uh, really what we saw last season. Um and and what we saw last season was whether it was home or away, we weren't near nearly as good or as consistent of a football team as as the prior years you're referencing with with playing well at home and and 
And so it only, it becomes more, much more noticeable, you know, when you have a, a handful of years where you don't lose a home game and all of a sudden, you know, we couldn't win a home game last season. So it, that was a pretty good indi- indication of the type of team we were a year ago. Um, I think we've got to be smart enough to feed off the momentum a crowd can, can provide. Um, you know, we think we've got a great environment and yet we gotta, we gotta create that environment as a team. And, uh, so I'm anxious to see I'm anxious to see how this year's team responds to a regular season home game. You know, there'll be uh a first time for a lot of these guys and we kind of go through the numbers and and spend some time on on what what that can mean to a club you know throughout the you know throughout the course of a season with eight, eight of these games played at home. You know, as you know, the Saints lost their last five home games uh five home games last year. Uh, at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome, and didn't win the two preseason games either. Not that those matter, but in totality now it's it's seven straight. So that streak needs to come to a close this weekend. Speaking of that streak, we'll talk with that. Uh, we'll talk that over with the voice of the Saints, Jim Henderson, in just a moment. And a little bit later in the show, we'll let you hear from two uh, Saints players from yesterday's locker room. That would be one, Zach Streif, and two, Brandy Cooks. So there you go. We've got a lot of news on our plate today. It's going to be a good Thursday show. And uh, I hope that you're able to take it all in. We'll take a break, and uh, The Voice will be with us right after this. The Pelican schedule has just been released, and 12 game plans are now on sale. 12 game packages, including the ever popular weekend plan, allow you to take in a couple of games a month throughout the season for as low as $199. Don't miss your chance to see NBA All Star Anthony Davis and your Pelicans take on the biggest names in the NBA, including LeBron James, Steph Curry, Kobe Bryant, and more. Visit Pelicans.com or call 525 Hoop and score your seats today. Power outages turn your world upside down. You need to know when your power will come back on, and you want to know what happened. The fastest way to stay informed? Entergy text alerts. You'll get prompt updates on when your power will be restored and on what happened. You can even send a text to be sure your outage is being repaired. When the power is out, what's faster than calling? Texting. Sign up today at EntergyText.com. That's the power of people. Entergy. Don't want to miss out on any of the action? Get connected with your New Orleans Pelicans 24-7, 365. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for exclusive prizes and giveaways. Plus, get texts with all the latest breaking news right on your phone with Pelican Mobile Alerts. Visit pelicans.com for information on these great features. Plus, sign up for Pelicans Insider with weekly updates from the Pelicans. Join the conversation today. We're talking Saints football on the Black and Blue Report. All right, welcome back. You know, we uh, have our Thursday tradition all lined up, and of course that's the voice of the Saints, Jim Henderson, as he prepares in the secret bunker location for this weekend's game at home against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Jim, how are you on this Thursday? Sean, I'm doing wonderfully, and yourself? I'm doing fantastic. See, you make my Thursdays Thursday, basically. So... It's a pretty Same here. I always look forward to our chat. Yeah, I do too. I, I can't tell if this is just the start of a great day or if it's all just downhill from here. We'll see how I would it goes. Say probably the latter. Yeah, probably the latter. <laughs> probably. Uh, Jim, yesterday I tweeted out, by the way, uh, to all these loyal Black and Blue Report listeners and Saints fans worldwide, 
asking them to share with me their the favorite uh, tailgate recipe or perhaps one that they'd be willing to share on tomorrow's show, the Friday show, as we get set for the first home weekend. Um, I've had some inter- interesting responses, some as simple as whiskey and ice, which I thought was a pretty good recipe, um, and, and others uh, involving deep frying and or grilling. Um, would you like to chime into the conversation and, and perhaps share something with uh, those that follow you each and every Sunday? Well, I really like smoked chicken wings, don't have a big green egg, a little shameless plug there. Mm-hmm. But to tell you the truth, I never tailgate. I can't tell. The last time I think I was at a tailgate was at Clemson when my son-in-law was on the training staff there, and the Saints had a bye week. So I, I'm never a part of that, so I'm really the last guy you need to come to for that stuff. I have no no information. I can't help you there. I'll take the smoked chicken wings. So let me ask you this, and, of course, this was the hypothetical, knowing that you are unable to tailgate on Sundays. Um, you mentioned your visit to Clemson, but if you could pick another sport, Jim, uh, for your uh, tailgating pleasure, since you can't do it during football, uh, what sport would you tailgate? I'd say probably curling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do they allow grills would, inside? Well, I'd have to do it outside, and it'd probably be very cold, but I don't think a lot of people would be there bothering me or, <laughs> or uh, stealing my, my uh, smoked chicken. So I'd say probably curling. There probably wouldn't be a lot of people in the parking lot uh, joining me. Oh, if you were in Canada, there might be people bothering you. I tell you what, Jim, every time I go to Toronto with the Pelicans, um, you can turn on the television just about any hour of the day, and curling is on television. It's exciting stuff. It's like going overseas and seeing cricket. You know, when you're if you ever go overseas, like to Australia or wherever, go see a little bit of cricket, and then three days later you can come back and they're still playing. Yeah, that's true. Um, you did surprise me a little bit with your answer because I thought bullfighting would come into play there. <laughs> well, that's a close second. <laughs> you seem like that Ernest Hemingway kind of in your off season. I'm going to go watch bullfighting type guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the sun also rises. And farewell to arms. I loved Ernest Hemingway. <laughs> of course. Would Mrs. Henderson go for bullfighting? Well, she has to contend with a lot of bull around our house, but I don't know how, how anxious she is to fight one. But um, All right. Very good. Um, 0-1 going into this weekend at home against Tampa Bay. Uh, Jim, mm-hmm. what do you like about this matchup for the Saints in the division here against Tampa Bay, who is also 0-1? Well, I guess just mostly the history, the fact that the Saints have won seven straight in this series. And... Uh, have been especially dominant recently at home, although almost all the games in this series, uh, Sean, have been tight ones. You look back at last year, and they took the Saints to overtime in New Orleans, and then when the Saints went down there for the final game of the season, the Buccaneers were intent on losing that to secure the number one draft choice and played almost no one of consequence in the second half, and the Saints didn't win by a very big margin there. So uh, I expect another tight game. Hopefully the Saints will prevail. Um, I really think what you'll see the Bucks do in this one I think they really go back strongly to their running game and try to get Doug Martin going and keep as much pressure as they can off Jameis Winston early, given the same problems against the run as well. But I really think you'll see more concerted effort to run the ball by Tampa Bay. That's a good point, and especially the way that Winston's day started last week against Tennessee. Uh, if you did get a chance to watch the, the film from that game, were you uh, surprised at the way that Winston started his NFL career? 
I guess you could hardly start it worse, right, by mm-hmm. throwing an interception for a touchdown. And But that game got out of hand so quickly. I mean, the first drive of that game by Tennessee, offensively, touchdown, first drive by the Buccaneers offensively, touchdown for Tennessee. It was 21 nothing in the first quarter. And after that, he settled down a little bit, and probably Tennessee played a lot looser as well. But, uh, you know, anytime and you see this oftentimes, the Saints are up against a young quarterback, and we all say, boy, if we can just get off to a fast start with a team that's down and a young quarterback, they'll lose their confidence, and, and uh, this will be an easy game for the Saints. And it almost never happens. I mean, you almost always see a, a young quarterback uh, obviously, uh, who's shaken after his first game, maybe getting some traction, getting some confidence, and the same with the team. And they're saying, oh, well, here's our chance to break this this losing streak to the Saints, and here's a chance to, to uh, be the type, type of team we thought we were going to be in preseason. So, obviously, getting off to a fast start would be huge for the Saints, but it's like they almost never do in these circumstances. Indeed. Uh, you know, and I think that fast starts were lacking, obviously, in the last five home, home games last year. And, Jim, if you take the two preseason home games, that's seven straight appearances at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome that the Saints have now lost. Can they fix that this week and bring back what used to be almost a sure thing? Well, you'd have to hope so because were this game to be lost, whether you got Carolina and Dallas coming up, I mean, this could be a terrible start this season. And the Saints are um, seven-and-a-half-point favorites, I think, in this game. So, yeah, it, it's really strange what's happened at the Dome. I mean, this is a team that was unbeaten in the Superdome the year previous to that. And then last year the wheels came off and they played miserably, then lost the two preseason games uh, at home. So they haven't won at home in, in nearly a year. Do you believe that the New Orleans crowd feeds off the team more than, say, the Saints feed off the home crowd? I'd say it's primarily equal. I mean, uh, usually when when you go on the road and you say, well, we've got to take the, the fans out of the game, it means by playing well. And when you say, well, we're at home, we've got to get the fans into this game, they're not going to stay in this game very long if you play poorly. So I think it goes hand in hand, really. You mentioned some of the things, Jim, that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will look to do to make, make good on last week's performance. What about the Saints? What, what areas of improvement do you need to see here in week two after a week of practice and film work? Well, we talked about the Bucs going back to the running game. I think you'll see a more concerted effort by the Saints to run the football. I think they're 32nd and dead last in the NFL after the first weekend with only 54 yards rushing. And, uh, you know, Drew has not had the greatest success against the Bucks in recent years. He was intercepted three times in each of those games last year. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen this year. But I think you're going to see a, a bigger effort by the Saints to run the ball. I think they need that. And while everybody focused on their third-down problems, lots of times that's a product of a lack of success on first and second down. So I think the Saints have to do a better job on first down, and, and I think they're going to have to go back to the running game and try to get that going a little bit so they have more balance. You know, we talk about that every year. The Saints want more balance, and after the first week of the season, and it is only the first week, the Saints are 32nd running the football and third passing it, just about where you've seen them in years past. How might they be better in the red zone too, Jim? That's a good question. They're certainly looking for an answer down there. Um, I, I really don't know. I mean, um, in the past, Josh Hill has contributed in the red zone. He I don't think he was even targeted last week. Uh, ben Watson was looked at the, in the red zone. If they missed that big target, obviously, and Jimmy Graham, and that's what uh, everybody looks for when you're down in the red zone. 
That, that's a good question. I'm not sure Marcus Colston is equal to being that target any longer. And, you know, when the Saints were in the red zone, they only attempted one pass into the end zone, and that was Brandon Cooks, who was defended by Patrick Peterson. So um, maybe, it's a, maybe, it's try, maybe it's trying to throw a touchdown before you ever get to the red zone. Just when you get close to the red zone, throw the ball into the end zone. I like that idea. I'm good with that. Uh, Jim, so many uh, Saints made their not only Saints debut, but some even with their NFL debut last week. Did anyone in particular turn your head? Let me think about that. Not really. Uh, I mean, I thought Brandon Coleman's catch was nice. Um, That's good. they got to get him going, obviously. Defensively, I mean, Delvin Bro got some penalties, but I liked his aggressiveness. Uh, Other than that, not really anyone. No, you know, Cam Jordan had some penetration, but again failed to wrap up, and the Saints were sackless. So that's another area in which they have to improve this week. Um, the Buccaneers didn't get much of a pass rush either against Mariota, but they did get a couple of sacks. So, uh, to tell you the truth, just off the top of my head, besides Coleman and a little bit bro, really no one. That's an interesting answer. And I think we'll learn more this week because I'm sure we'll see a lot of new faces again. And, heck, Jim, I'm thinking about your game prep this week. The flurry of transactions for this football team, not just this week, but in the last two. Um, has that been... Has that been something of a, um, an anomaly as far as if you look back over the years, or is this kind of par for the course? It's a bit of an anomaly. I remember uh, when uh, Randy was the, the GM for the Saints, um, Randy Mueller, when he was the GM with Jim Hazlitt, he always had a philosophy to churn the bottom of the roster to see if you couldn't unearth a, a hidden gem or, or to maybe keep people at that level of the, of the roster perhaps more unsure of their abilities or to stay with the team and get them to play harder. I think for the Saints, it's been kind of a combination of things. I think they'd like to, they have have had to do a lot of this stuff because of the unprecedented siege of injuries. But I also think this is a team that really is lacking in a lot of talent depth-wise, and they're just hoping to find a diamond in the rough, perhaps, with one of these uh, acquisitions that comes in late in the week or or, uh, added to the roster and, and just hoping that he can play. But a lot of it is, is a product of the, the siege of injuries they've had. Yeah, I think that's, that's probably the biggest reason at this point, especially when you look at the return of Kenny Phillips. The Joe Morgan one is is interesting, too, this week. Jim, is there a particular matchup that you'll like to watch? Like, for me, like last week, watching Patrick Peterson basically shadow Brandon Cooks was something that I kind of kept my eye on the whole day. Um, is there anything in particular about these two teams or uh, two position groups or even two individuals that that you that jumps off your chart at you? Well, I'm going to keep a, a close eye on uh, Safarian Jenkins, the tight end for the Bucks. He had the two touchdown receptions from Jameis Winston. Um, and also Mike Evans, if Mike Evans is able to play, I think that's a real wild card, too. I mean, this guy had a tremendous rookie season, and yet when the Saints uh, met Tampa down there, the only game of the season that he missed, he had a groin injury. And then when the Saints, uh, I, that should be here, I should say, and then when the Saints went down there on December 28th, he only played in the first half because, again, they didn't want to win that game, and he had five receptions and a touchdown, then they shut him down. He didn't play last week with an injury with a hamstring. He's practicing now with the Bucks, and if he's ready to go, I'll certainly keep my eye on him, but I also think Tushar on the tight end matchup against this banged-up uh, secondary of the Saints and down to their third team uh, safety, and you saw what uh, Darren Feld did to them last week. Uh, he had a lot of success, and this was a virtual unknown in the Cardinal passing game. So I'm going to be uh, I'm going to be mindful of how well the Saints defense uh, defend the tight end this week too. Yeah, good stuff there. Um, if you could call one other, if you could have the play call of uh, one other NFL game this weekend, what would you pick? 
you know, I, I to tell you the truth, I haven't even had a chance to look over the schedule enough. I've just been immersed in this one. Who do you like? Well, tonight's game is rather intriguing to me. I think Denver, Kansas City is going to be a fun one. I just love the atmosphere of Kansas City. It's a great rivalry, and after what we saw last week, I think that would be fairly interesting. Um, what about would you would you take the uh, Johnny Manziel versus Marcus Mariota matchup in Tennessee and Cleveland this weekend? <laughs> Uh, it'd be fun to watch for a number of reasons. I think I'd like to watch the Falcons and the Giants. Actually, I thought the Falcons were really impressive the other night against Philadelphia. And boy, what a week the Giants have had with the problems that they had late in that game against the Cowboys. I, I think I'd, I'd like to watch that game and call that game to just to try to see if the Falcons truly are uh, a bit more for real than I gave them credit for in preseason. And, can the Giants come back after a week when they just have been flayed in the New York press? Yeah, that's true. Boy, it's been a brutal week up there. Green Bay, Seattle this weekend. Also, uh, hopefully it'll be as entertaining this weekend as it was last. I really enjoyed week one in the NFL. Uh, Jim, as always, there's always one last question. Um, as I'm getting ready to this morning, doing uh, just copious uh, prep work for our interview, of course. Um, of course. Uh, on the television was a commercial for the Trans-Siberian Orchestra's Christmas concert here in New Orleans on December the 10th. Um, and I looked at my calendar, and as today is still mid-September uh, by all regards. Um, what would be, again, I'm going to the sage on the mount here, uh, if you could say there would be a, a date, a mandatory start date for television and radio advertising for Christmas anything, what would it, should it be? The Friday after Thanksgiving. Uh, amen. See, this is Friday after Thanksgiving. This is why Thursday's so great. We can end on a note like that. Have a great call this weekend, Jim. As always, we appreciate your time, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you at home finally this weekend. My pleasure, my friend. Thanks, Sean. There he is, the voice of the Saints, Jim Henderson, with us on the Black and Blue Report. More to come. Stay with us. Last year, over 400,000 people from 90 countries and all 50 states came to Auctioner to find the critical care they needed. People who could have gone anywhere made Auctioner their destination for a level of expertise, clinical research, and treatment options they couldn't find anywhere else. Auctioner and our affiliated physicians are renowned for leading-edge cardiovascular care, cancer care, pediatric care, innovative treatment of neurological disorders, and more. Our outstanding transplant program has resulted in Auctioner leading the nation in successful liver transplants for years. And today, Auctioner is partnering with physicians and strong community hospitals throughout the Gulf South to bring access to the highest quality of care closer to home. Find the care you need today. Call 866-AUCTIONER for a same-day appointment. Auctioner, healthcare with peace of mind. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. Hi, it's Mark Roaming. When I'm not announcing First Down Saints, I'm listening to the Black and Blue Report. Some of you may have noticed on Twitter yesterday, I asked you to send us some recipes uh, for this weekend's home game. We'll talk about that coming up in our next segment. But first, a couple of uh, the Saints players spoke to the media yesterday, and I want to 
let you listen in on those conversations. Let's start with Zach Streif, who's one of my favorites. Uh, John DeShazer kind of leads the way here in this uh, media group. And uh, John, I think, I think starts here by asking a very uh, timely question, one that we've kind of addressed a couple times during today's show. How important it is to get, get off to a good start this season at home? Um, I think especially after struggling last year, you know, it's not – one, what we're accustomed to doing in the Dome, and certainly not what our fans are accustomed to, to getting in the Dome. So it's important to us to protect it, um, to, to take that home field advantage and take advantage of it. And then obviously coming off of a loss in the first week, you know, we, we want to get going in the right direction. And, uh, you know, it's a big game for us. Does a divisional, it being a divisional game, obviously enhance it, the importance of it? Yeah, I mean, it, it, I think it enhances the importance of the game, and it also enhances the intensity of the game. You know, when you're playing divisional teams, teams in your division, you know each other really well. The staffs know each other well. Um, so it's always a little bit more intense, and uh, I think we're looking forward to that type of atmosphere. Yeah. When you're playing a team that struggled defensively as they did in, in, in the first game, is it, I guess, more so that you're wary of, of not looking at what they did as opposed to what you guys are going to try to do well? Well, I think the, the previous week's game's result is irrelevant, honestly. Um, you know, if you look back at, at the records of teams coming off of a loss like they had last week, those teams win more than they lose. I think it's 53 and 48-ish, something like that. So, um, you know, it doesn't, it, look, it happens in this league where, you know, we've been on both sides of that. With good teams, we've been on both sides of that where, you know, things just get get out of control on you a little bit and get out of hand. And so we know that's a good team. Um, we especially, you know, we know that's a good defense. Um, they've got a lot of talent over there. Jerry McCoy, Levante David are, you know, good at two players as we see on the defensive side. So, uh, you know, we got a lot of work to do and we've got our own problems we got to fix. Coaches and players, as you mentioned, always talk about the cleanup process. Is the cleanup process uh, going smoothly for you guys this week? <laughs> uh, I don't think that the cleanup process ever goes smoothly. Um, you know, obviously there was things that we did last week that got us beat and will continue to get us beat. So, um, you know, we'll keep working at it. And keep you know, Things don't happen overnight. They just don't. I mean, it's just not how the game works, you know, the things that we've got to work on. And, um, and that's universal across the league right now. Every team has got stuff that they got to fix, and, and we're no different. And, uh, again, you know, we had a good week last week and, and another good practice today. I think guys got after it, and uh, I think that the, the intent and the, uh, the, the, the sense of purpose is right and where it needs to be for us to get better at those things. Do you guys need to be better in the run game, or are the screens and swings almost an extension of it? I mean, no, the run game's got to be better. Um, I think the run game has to be more consistent. You know, it just does. And, and you know, you go back and look, and, you know, we weren't we, – the, the consistency of it wasn't there. There were some good runs. At the end of the day, we weren't consistent enough to continue to call them, you know. And, uh, you know, it's on us. we we got to get it fixed. And um, we, we were able to move the ball, and we did use a lot of other stuff to, to get some of those, you know, short gainers and, and keep the ball moving. And uh, but, but the run game's got to be better. All right, Saints offensive lineman Zach Streif. Also got a chance to talk to Brandon Cooks, a wide receiver for the Saints yesterday. Um, I start the questioning here, but I think some others jump in too. Uh, kind of touching on some of the game, uh, issues from the game at Arizona and what needs to be improved heading into week number two. Was there frustration last week and not be able to stretch the field like you had maybe hoped to do? Uh, I mean, it's a little frustration, uh, you know, on, on my end uh, for myself. But 
uh, you know, sometimes stuff like that happens. Uh, you just got to find a way to still be able to uh, make plays as, as long as you're out there just helping the team. And uh, so it was, just, it was a little bit going on. We talked about it in theory. Teams now game planning toward you, you know, before the season started. No. Now they did that last week. Mm -hmm. what, what, what do you take away from that? Um, you know, you still, you still. I, I, for myself, I still got to find ways uh, to get open. Um, you know, coach, pretty sure is drawing up something uh, to be able to, uh, you know, get me open. But not just that. Other guys on the offense will step up. Uh, you know, guys in the backfield and um, other people, other guys on the uh, receiver end. You know, and that's what it's all going to be about. And when they start stepping up and once they start making plays like they started to last week, um, it's going to open up. You did a good job of telling us what you were facing in Arizona's secondary in week one. What what about Tampa Bay's secondary and what what's their character like as you see them in week two? Um, you know, they, they have a good defense over there. You know, um, um, you know, I'm still, you know, actually watching more film on that, trying to get get a good read on them. Um, you know, we're kind of early in the week, so uh, I'm still watching. We're still uh, picking up some tendencies on that. Drew said the biggest frustration last week was the red zone. Yeah. Having to settle for field goals. How do you yeah. guys correct that? Uh, he just uh, make an emphasis on uh, receiver part, running better routes, getting open. Uh, you know, red zone. They say it's a, it's a, it's a spot where you got to get open, open faster, and uh, and that's what we got to emphasize on on at the receiver spot. How important is it to, to start a new run here at, at home? I mean, you didn't get to really experience any sustained success last year, but you know, to to get that rolling again here. Um. You know, I, I think that's what you always you're looking forward to. Uh, is always um, solidifying that home field advantage, and uh, coming into the dome this weekend, opening up uh, against a um, division opponent is going to be something special, and that's what we uh, we looking forward to doing. Just as a shorter wide receiver in the NFL, when you <laughs> some of the guys <laughs> like uh, Tampa Bay, I mean, yeah. what do you see from these guys? Just the way they're built and the challenges they present for some of your defensive teammates. Uh, what? Say Just how again? big they are, the size of like a Mike Evans, and oh, Jackson, um, big and huge, like a Calvin Johnson too. You know, the, the, those guys are good receivers. Um, but we we have guys on the defensive side uh, that's as big. Um, you know, like Brian and Browner. I, I feel like for him, um, that's an easier matchup for him. Uh, not having to face someone that's. Um, you know, as quick, um, you know, that's more of his his stature. Um, so what I say about that is they, they go against guys like Brandon Coleman every single day, Shantavis Jones, Marcus Colson. So it's nothing different. Uh, those guys are giving them good luck, so I feel like they'll be ready. A lot of yeah. your teammates have said they've noticed that this team has uh, more fight in it yes. than, than last yeah. year. Yes, yeah. I definitely agree on that. I, I feel like this, you just feel it in the locker room. Uh, everyone's motivated. Uh, you that you you feel that everyone wants to win, and um, you feel like guys are working hard and are trying to change this this outcome this coming weekend uh, from last week. You you could definitely tell the difference from this year and last year. All right, so a little flavor there from the locker room and uh, a little bit of a look into the mindset of the Saints as they are now full blow into their preparations for the Buccaneers this weekend. That game, by the way, kicks at noon noon on Sunday. Chris Myers um, has the call. Rondé Barber and our own Jen Hale on the uh, Big Fox, by the way, on the television side. All right, let's take a break. We'll talk about this Twitter question I posed to you yesterday, and we'll wrap up this big Thursday show in just a moment. 
at Smoothie King, we're so much more than just fruit and a blender. Because each and every Smoothie King smoothie is blended for a purpose. Whether you want to make it one more mile or simply make it through the day, we have a smoothie just for that. Bring us your purpose and we'll blend it. Looking to purify your diet? Hurry in now and try our new nutty super grain vegan smoothie made with almond milk, Sun Warrior protein, super grains, and a peanut taste you'll go nutty for. Only at Smoothie King, proud supporter of the New Orleans Pelicans. Smoothies with a purpose. Ever been surprised by a bill? A big bill that's higher than expected? Entergy's online tools let you take control. Try level billing so there are no surprises. Pick a due date that works for you. And sign up for alerts to remind you when your bill is due. Make your bills fit your budget. Don't wait another month. Take action today at EntergyIdeas.com. That's the power of people. Entergy. Does your boss know you're listening? If not, turn it up louder. This is the Black and Blue Report. Okay, so yesterday afternoon I got, you know, this wild idea uh, about, well, I was hungry. I think that's probably what it was. But I I sent out on Twitter a request to all of you uh, to send us a recipe for this weekend's uh, home opener against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, Whether you're watching at home or tailgating downtown New Orleans outside the Mercedes-Benz Superdome, we want to have something to share and, and I want that person to then come on tomorrow's Black and Blue Report and, and tell us how it's done. So we've never done something like this before. We've had chefs on before and whatnot, but I'm not, Dan, we haven't had one of our listeners, have we? I don't think we've ever done this. So anyway, we want to do this. So um, I posted it again this morning, and I'm going to give it a, a couple more hours before we make a final decision. I will say this. We've had great response, um, no doubt about it. But uh, I would say that the uh, – the race is still on. I think there are some favorites right now. And we can do this. Maybe we'll do this each home week. We'll, we'll see how this goes. But, um, again, tweet me at Sean Kelly Live, S-E-A-N-K-E-L-L-E-Y, live, um, the idea for your recipe. Somebody actually put a snapshot of the whole recipe on there. That was, that was really the way to go. Um, or tell you what, I'm going to give you my email address. Okay, there's two email addresses you can go with here. I may be opening up something here. Sean.Kelly at pelicans.com or Sean.Kelly at saints.nfl.com. And you can, you can send it to me that way. So this afternoon, let's say after 3 Central, uh, Daniel and I will huddle up. We'll pick one and then do our best to get a hold of that person and see if they can come on tomorrow's Black and Blue Report and give us a great recipe for... Uh, our Sunday football this weekend. Um, hey, look, if you want to be snarky and funny, that's fine, because I'll get a giggle out of that. We've already had some of those. Um, and if it's something that's on the grill or in the oven or on the stove, it doesn't matter. We'll just we'll see which one uh, really jumps out, and we'll go from there. And uh, if it goes well, we'll, we'll maybe we'll do this on Fridays of home weeks throughout the football season. Hey, our thanks to uh, Jim Henderson, the voice of the Saints today, Zach Streif, Brandon Cooks. Don't forget all the Pelicans news today that you need to keep track of. And um, also keep an eye on that injury list. This afternoon, we're keeping our fingers crossed for a progression for guys like C.J. Spiller and maybe a couple of others too. For that, uh, we will stop and uh, let you have the rest of your Thursday. See you right back here tomorrow, hopefully with a great recipe and uh, our last look at Saints Buccaneers for the weekend too. I'm Sean Kelly. Thanks again for being with us. And thanks, as always, for passing along the word 
about the Black and Blue Report. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source, the Black and Blue Report.